0: Hey mates, welcome to another episode of Hughes Interviews. I'm joined today by Mark Taylor, director... Ex actor and behind the scenes guy extraordinaire. And not Australian
1: former cricket captain.
0: No, he's not the face of Fujitsu air conditioners. No, uh, nor do I have an air conditioner. <laughs> <laughs> so, someone's going to be interesting for you. Mark Taylor, if you aren't
1: listening, give me a call.
0: <laughs> give him a call. You guys can work out a, a Mark Taylor deal. It'll be great.
1: <laughs> I met Mark Taylor once. Oh, really? True story. Do tell. Uh, I was at uh, a children's event somewhere and he was a speaker, he was mm-hmm. a public speaker. Um, and I saw that he was on the list and then afterwards I walked up to him and I said, hey, can I get your autograph? <laughs> By the way, my name's Mark Taylor. Um, and he was not as chuffed as I thought that he would be. Oh, he right. said, oh, yeah, I've had, I've had about 15 people come up to me <laughs> and say that. Like, oh.
0: So you're like the, the new John Citizen Correct. Mark Taylor. Yeah. Generic white guy.
1: But it was, I got a photo, so
0: I was oh, pretty content. That's wonderful. That's all I needed. <laughs> well, welcome. Thanks for joining, Mark. Thank you. Um, Mark is currently directing uh, a production of Rent on a Chapel of Chapel. Um, what date is that on? Uh, rent starts on the 29th of November through till the 9th of December. Wow, good season. Great. Yeah,
1: good.
0: Two weeks. And that's around the corner, so you're yeah. ramping up into tech and all of that. It's getting a bit <laughs> that's crazy. That's oh, week. Oh that's my one goodness. Week. From the day of recording. So uh, Mark is graciously giving me some of his time tonight, and I appreciate that. Um, so Mark, we will touch on Rent shortly, but I just want to get into how you got into the creative arts, I guess. Um, I now I believe you started as an actor before you got into the behind the scenes stuff. How did all that begin? Was it back in primary school, or was it something that you got into a bit further on into high school or after school? Well, it was.
1: I my dad was probably the the person that got me most interested just in storytelling as uh, as a whole. Um, dad was a was a journalist and uh, and a writer. Um, and he would make up these magical stories for us uh, as we are going to bed each night and where he would always put us into those stories. Um, and I think for myself and my two big brothers, that just captured our imagination and turned us into these wannabe storytellers. Uh, and in primary school, it was just that classic thing of um, you know, having the right teacher, the, the right drama teacher that was at the school um, who inspired me, and I went, oh, yeah, this is this is cool. This is a fun way to tell the story. Um, and then I, I did from there, and I, I did it as much as I could. And I went to high school, and um, I one of my best friends in year seven was a guy that was on a show called The Crash Zone at the time. No, he was on a, a TV show called Ocean Girl. Do you remember Ocean Girl?
0: Yes, you, yeah. Ocean <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Girl, the girl, yeah, yeah, she yeah. was a mermaid, but she wasn't a mermaid. It was like H two O, just add water. But right, yeah. Mm. It
1: was the, the the prequel.
0: I think almost. mermaids are really popular around that time for ABC yeah. um, children shows. Anyway,
1: well, so he was on um, he was on Ocean Girl, and he was coming yeah. to school, and then he'd go away for a couple of days. And I suddenly learned, well, this is something you can do as a job. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, you get to go on set and, and, and just act and tell the story. Um, and so he's to blame, Mr Damien Bodie, um, for showing me that this was something that, that could happen. And um, from there on in, um, again, I had a great theatre studies teacher at, uh, at high school and uh, I fell in love with it and I, I left school and I, I tried to do it as much as possible um, I went and studied a, a theatre arts degree at Swinburne which back then was called Small Companies and Community Theatre which was just like the most specific name <laughs> 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 really just pigeonholing you into working at Beaumaris Theatre you know
0: <laughs> that's what they that was their evil plan but
1: yeah um, I think so yeah
0: we don't want you to leave Beaumaris stay with us no stay Um, but it was great. It was a
1: really lovely course and it had some elements of performance and directing and, um, you were doing lighting and costumes and writing.
0: So that gave you a bit of a groundwork for, for the transition
1: almost. Yeah. But it took a little while until I, Mm. until I took that plunge because I was, um, working as much as I could as, Mm. as an actor and, um, and auditioning and hitting that circuit for, for a number of years. Mm. And some years were good, most years were it not. But, <laughs> it's always the way. Yeah, many many hospitality stints and being a bingo caller and a bingo caller in a cinema. Yeah, oh, there you go. Four and 45. forty-five. Six and five, 65. All the twos, twenty-two on its own. Number nine.
0: <laughs> There's only so many ways you can say numbers enthusiastically. Yeah, they sure are. <laughs> um, and so that's what but you, you had know. some success. I mean, you were on Neighbours for a while there. I was on Neighbours for an episode. That's a while. <laughs> a while an undisclosed amount of time. It was a good couple of days, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah,
1: that was... That was a lot of fun. That was one of the last things I would have done, probably, like, 2013. Um, and I was still down in Melbourne, and then I moved up to Sydney, and I was still trying my hand at it and um, doing a couple of things here and there. But slowly that drive to um to be in front of the camera or um on the stage was giving way to a want to to be on the other side to um yeah to start having a, a bit of a a larger overall say in the full picture of what that thing would be
0: and so so what was the um the the catalyst i guess to to jump across um with theatre, it was
1: it was a production of Next to Normal mm. um, that my little sister Tash and a couple of her friends wanted to start up a company and call it Pursued by Bear. The name came from me. Did uh, <laughs> <laughs> I even do Shakespeare. Um, it's, a it's, it's a musical
0: company. We <laughs> um, have to do something rotten at some point to make up for oh, that. Then. That's actually a great idea. Oh, I love that. Seamless. Yeah.
1: And they they were going to put on next to normal, um, and I said I selfishly wanted to do it um, because I loved the show. Mm. Well, it's a great show. It's a great show, um, and and so I did, and I jumped into the rehearsal room, and I went. I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> um, to a point, to a point, of course. Uh, I had a beautiful cast, um, and it it opened my eyes to to what that process can be, um, to what a rehearsal process can be as a director, um, versus being, being an actor. And, uh, it, there were a lot of learnings. Uh, I'll say that, but, um, that was, yeah, that was the show. It was the want to work on that show that then I, I guess open eyes to say, oh, well, why not consider this for, for other things, for other shows,
0: for, mm. Um,
1: start telling a few more stories, and so indeed
0: you did. You jump, you, you jumped right into it. So, what was the first um, big, or not big, but like, what was the first show or the first production or the first uh, project you worked on where, rather than being like, "Oh, I'll jump in on this," it was like a, uh, "Here's all my prep. We're going to do this. We've got yeah. this. That's going to happen." Um, but I guess you felt more in your own depth on. <laughs> yeah
1: oh, absolutely um
0: it was it was probably the the show after
1: that which was a production of John and Jen um,
0: it's a beautiful show you know John and Jen that was um uh the one with um but there was another Pursuit by Bear show, wasn't there? There was another Pursuit by Bear. It was, yeah. um, that was the first uh, one that caught my attention because I saw uh, the flyers everywhere. Ah. Uh, like, who are these people doing this show? Uh,
1: yeah, I remember that flyer as well. I remember a lot of people thinking that it looked like we were advertising a, a
0: hairdressing company. <laughs> well, that wasn't my thought, but sure.
1: No, that's good. <laughs>
0: um, yeah, but, no, I do I do know it. I know a few, a few songs from it. It's a two-hander, isn't
1: it? Yeah, so we had Brenton Cozier and um, Jacqueline Uh And... That was the first time that I both felt very connected to um, to a story, mm. um, and realised that I could go back to that source material and say, "All right, well, what can what is this? What can we do with this?" Starting from scratch. Mm. I think with Next to Normal, I had been so um, led along by other productions that I knew, and you know, the soundtrack that I would listened to. Mm. Um, that having something that was pretty fresh for me just allowed me a larger scope to go, all right, here's this, what is it? What do we want people to feel? And it was, it was wonderful. It was a really lovely experience. John and Jen. John and Jen. 2015. <laughs>
0: Oh, well and then uh so you you continued your streak with pursuit by bear <laughs> um, and did first date, which has got to be probably the most innovative like promotional campaign I've seen for, for an independent company the um actually having the cafe well, the agreement with tall timber, yeah, and having the cafe in on the as a part of the set which was small the, timber small timber, amazing, very punny, i love it yeah thank you. um and but not only that, but you had. You managed to get a dealership on, on board and, and you did that really hilarious, um, almost TVC level like kind of vibe w- with them and all that kind of stuff. It's just something I hadn't... I, I, mean, I mean, I personally hadn't seen uh, advertising and promotion work for an independent show of that level or that kind of thinking outside of the box before. So what brought all that on, I guess, is what I'm asking after my, ram- my ramble. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was good independent theatre brought that on um and
1: the the need to uh to have money <laughs> um the we wanted to do some exciting things with the show mm.
0: um with the set and with mm. uh um with having a, a whole cafe on, on the stage and was the decision to make it an, uh, an Australian story rather than a New York story uh maybe the genesis for that or yeah yeah very much so um
1: I I was hesitant um, when uh, when the producers came to me and they said we're thinking of doing this show and mm. I wasn't going to be coming back to Melbourne at that point for a show um, but to be honest and and, and brutally honest mm. at first I, I didn't know that I liked the show all mm. that much I just thought it was perhaps a little bit too, too light and fluffy um, and so it was another opportunity to go oh well what what can we do? What is this about? Oh, it's about a relationship. It's about a guy and a girl meeting. That's pretty universal. Why do we have to have the barrier for this show, which is it's set in a restaurant. There's nothing really that ties it to, to one place. Um, so let's remove the barrier of, of the accents. Let's present some people that we see on the street every day. Um, and let's not have it in a a New York, Italian pasta joint. Um, let's set it in a trendy cafe. Let's do tall timber or Belleville or one of the trendy cafes that Lockie Houston certainly goes to. (laughs) That's why I'm broke. (laughs) Navigate on toast. Oh, every day. (laughs) I live in Turak, darling. Um, and so from there we're going, all right, well, we need to create a cafe on stage. (laughs) How are we going to get a coffee machine? Holy hell. Let's make coffee for people before the show as they come in. Um, and that's one of my favourite things about putting on a show as well—is creating that atmosphere, mm-hmm. not just confined to the start of Act One. Hmm. The so Act one, the pre-show is just
0: as important as setting the mood and Absolutely. setting the vibe. Absolutely.
1: As soon as someone walks into the the theatre foyer, you, you want hmm. them to start getting little little hints. That what's to come?
0: You don't want to have to rely on the on the opening song all the time.
1: Well, you didn't like the opening song?
0: No, I loved the opening song. I'm just saying that <laughs> it was helped by the fact that the uh, I was I was like, have oh, get coffee there. <laughs> oh, look at look at the set. It's amazing. Oh, what's going on over there? Like yeah. I I wasn't just sitting there checking my phone, reading the program. Yeah. I was yeah. having a look at what was actually happening.
1: Yeah, and I guess back to your point about um, the advertising and uh, and marketing side of that one. Um, like I had had experience in marketing theatre before um, and I thought well I've done it on shows like Les is and Strictly Ballroom mm. what's stopping us from taking that same approach to uh, to an independent theatre show uh, because I mean that that same need and desire and drive is there to sell as many tickets as possible mm. and to let people know what the hell this show is <laughs> Um and so it went from went from there and sponsorships and partnerships uh, uh everything will can make or, or break a show when you've got young producers um that are often funding a show out of their own pockets uh it's it's a tricky business um and there are commercial partners out there that will happily uh give some money mm. to, to the right people
0: and there's a real sparsity of um of independent theatre at the moment even yeah. when we're with most recently with stage art yeah,
1: um,
0: deciding they've done their last show um, I mean, which
1: is incredibly sad I think yeah it's,
0: it's just it's um, but just looking back over the years like even the years since I've graduated so god I sound like an old person but it was not that long ago um, just the, the training ground for it just being uh, for for getting young actors straight out of uni just something to do yeah. Something to do. Like you don't have to be getting paid the big bucks for it, but you're doing something, you're creating something, and because it is that independent level, um, it's more of a collaboration rather than a a kind of import from from Broadway. Yeah. I mean, it's just such an important vibrant thing that needs to be maintained, but we don't have anyone really doing it at the moment, unfortunately. It's it's just such a it's such a tricky one, mm-hmm. I think, for, for everybody involved. Um, but because it is so expensive and so difficult and such a risk to run
1: it, and you, you live and die by each show right? the success of each show um, is the reality of an independent producer mm. um, and starting from scratch each time will get exhausting mm. um, unless there's that larger business model in place to, to want to take it um, you know, further and tour and, and whatnot. But I think it's such a special thing that does exist and um, I think we can be pretty proud of uh, the creative output that Melbourne and Sydney both have at the moment. Oh, goodness, yeah. In the independent sector. Um, It it all just comes down to also the fact that, gosh, wouldn't it be great if everyone got paid (laughs) just a little bit more? Yeah. Um, But for that reason, and certainly when when I work on a show... um, and I'm bringing people along, or asking asking my friends if if they want to be involved in something. The conversation will always be. This isn't this isn't going to pay your bills. Hmm. Um, it, you yeah. know, it might give you a a little bit of a helping hand there, um, but you need to ask yourself the question: what What do I need to get out of uh, of something, of a project, beyond a financial gain? Um, and if you can't find the answer to that then it's probably not a show for you yeah it's not something to to do um and then uh, the beautiful thing is when you're in that rehearsal room and everyone's on that same page then the world's yours, and awesome. you can mm. you're creating art That's and it's magic everyone's on the same page The yeah. magic happens. The magic
0: <laughs> yeah Great. Well, um, I mean, we could continue to go on your Pursuit by Bear um, <laughs> shows, <laughs> but um, I wanted to talk about your next venture, Hucklebuck Productions, uh, and Self in particular. Now, um, uh, not only are you, you producing a new dance work, but it's a new music work yeah. as well. So you're essentially throwing all of your producing weight behind two incredible Australian creatives and trying to get their work out there. Um, yeah. And talk to me a bit more about that experience. Um, well, I'd been thinking
1: about <coughs> uh, producing something for uh, for a while at that point, and it, it was just a perfect little time capsule of a moment um, when there was something that was going to be happening in Sydney that, um, that actually it, it fell through. Um, and I was going to be jumping on that as a producer, and I'd met this wonderful guy um who was um, married to a friend of mine um by the name of james pope um and we got to talking and realized that we were a couple of creative kins um and uh we were going to be involved in that project up in sydney that fell through together and we were a little bit saddened when that happened but almost two days later i got a phone call from another friend who said hey there's this um this lovely guy mikey ralph who's um looking for someone to help out with uh, with the show. Um, I mentioned your name and I said, well, it's perfect timing because James and I are looking for something. Mm. Um, and it almost just... It, it, it just happened really organically. Um, we jumped into it, James and I, into us producing together saying, we want to produce something. But then being shown, first of all, in that phone call with my friend, she said, so... It's Mikey Ralph um, doing a dance piece. We've got Jack Earl who's composed this, uh, this entirely new score for it. Um, and Rowan Brown um, is in it. Going, oh, yeah, I can but work with that. Where do I start? And James and I particularly got excited about an Australian story to mm. begin with. That uh, the, our first show that we got to be involved with was going to be this, this beautiful, very Australian story mm. um about artists and it was such i'm not a dancer by um, by any stretch and strong I, mover not a strong mover
0: at all mover let's go with mover i mean i can um no stop. hey one can move i'm moving right now you should. Sure?
1: <laughs> hey i love to dance i love to dance i just know i'm just not very good at it at least we all know our limitations Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and you, you realise those limitations more and more when you um, sit in front of a room with uh, Alex Gibbon and uh, and Ron Brown and oh, goodness
0: gracious. Go, okay, I'll, I'll sit back. <laughs> I'm just going to sit. This I'm the time. producer. <laughs> I'm a creative. <laughs> that's all you know. <laughs> I need to be. Uh,
1: so not being a, a dancer, there was part of me that was nervous. Um, I was thinking maybe I'm not going to understand uh, the the show, the storytelling. But at all, it was just, it was such a genius idea uh, from the outset. Uh, and the, those three creative minds, um, including Rowan, just created this perfect little little world where the storytelling was so strong. Um, and th- there were no words or no lyrics. Uh, it was just, it was all told through movement. And that's what Mikey
0: does. As Mikey tells the story through, mm. through the body. Mm. Uh, and... Back when he taught us at BCA, every, every movement would come from a place of acting. What am I telling? What story am I telling with yeah. this movement? Why am I doing this instead of doing that? It's just incredible to for that level of choreography to be happening in Australia.
1: It's wonderful. Yeah. And I, I saw his work with Nine uh, recently with, uh, with Stage Art and uh, a similar thing again, just that, that really honest movement comes
0: out. So that was Self. That was Self. <laughs> there you go. Um, and so not only are you doing um, shows, or producing shows and directing shows, but obviously you need to make a living somehow. Mm. So you're, you're doing um, content for uh, things, but not only are you doing content for like big corporations, but you're also doing things that are important, like your Vote Yes campaign that, oh, yeah. you, were, that you were a part of. Um, do you want to talk to a bit about that and how, you know, as a creative, it's important to also support important causes with like, your skills god it's it's so <laughs> it's so crucial
1: our souls mm. need watering as well um, and it's very easy as, and, and you'd know this as well right uh, when, when we do slog it out for for the man for for the maybe not the faceless corporation but for something that's it's bigger than us and where the intention is make money um, it, 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 there's not a lot that can really water the soul from there, and sure we can work to find uh, our creative license and freedom within those constraints. But gosh, isn't it even better when we get to attach that, mm-hmm. that creative uh, creativity uh, onto something where someone wants to share a message? that is not selfish mm. and it's it's not based in greed it's just love is love is love is love, love is love is love or I want to make people I want, I want to make the world a better place mm. how how can we do that through through storytelling um and that one was uh the the yes he's talking about the Dolly Diamond yeah uh yes Vote yes Vote yes, yes um the perhaps 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 perhaps
0: perhaps Pest-ish. oh
1: did you have to explain that you don't think they got that from like, a <laughs>
0: Just making, you know, lowest common denominator. Mark. Okay. You've got to go with that. Um, you've, got to, you've got to appeal to the to everyone. You know, make sure everyone gets it. I
1: understand.
0: And jokes are funnier when you explain them, didn't you know I, I, yeah Yeah, hundred percent. It's great. True. I expect to see that in rent. Oh, don't worry. <laughs> I want you to come out at some point, pause the show, and be like, "This bit was funny because." <laughs> It's a, bra- it's a brave directorial... Uh. Look, there's a lot of that
1: happening in the rehearsal room. You so. <laughs> <laughs> see, I often um, like to tell people that I'm dry, mm. and I use that almost as an excuse for myself as why people don't find me funny. Until someone once said, no, I think you're just not very funny. Yeah. <laughs> That's gonna kind of, hurt. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, That's just... That this I'm
0: is wrong. your opinion. <laughs> Sticks and <laughs> I'm fine. I'm fine. Fly- I'm not crying you up. Um, where, where were we? Uh, oh, yes. Uh,
1: vote just yes. Vote, vote, voting yes, and that came last year was just a. Bro, wasn't that a rubbish year?
0: <laughs> wasn't that a oh, weird? We thought we were gonna, weird, it was going to get better, yeah. but then this happened. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, it's a, I mean, it the the world's a funny place at the moment. Mm. Um. And it, uh, the, just that general feeling of instability and mm. vulnerability across the board and uh, it's, it's an interesting time but last year I was so fortunate to have a few um projects uh come up that um got to be sensitive to to a cause uh that asked people to open their minds a little bit yeah, and that was mm. that was special. Cause, um, they were, I'd worked on uh, another campaign up in Sydney um, for Just Equal and Just Equal uh, um, similar to... Oh, what organisation am I thinking of?
0: Can't read mine, yeah, No, you can't. <laughs> no, I'm not
1: Professor X. Um, and Just Equal were... Uh, no... I got stuff right there. Okay.
0: <laughs> well, okay, I was going to get on to the, the big uh, reason for this evening rent. Uh, yeah, I know
1: I'm behind a week.
0: Yes, it's fine.
1: I'll pay next week.
0: Um, you need to get the hell out right <laughs> now. I'm addicting you. I want this place for me. Um, but <laughs> do you like
1: it? Look at my, you know, yeah, like you know, we're just going to do this uh,
0: you know, a, 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 an oral uh, tour. There's a, a, very, great nice, for a, podcast, a very, nice seven. couch. Um, there is also a TV. I hope I'm, a I'm, TV. hope I'm really painting a picture with my words here. Uh-huh. Um, there is a, a couch and a TV. <laughs> uh, there is a kitchen and mm. a bedroom. There's also an outdoor area that looks very well tended with lots of. Succulents. Succulents. Yes. The easiest plant to take care of. Yeah, well, but they're the only ones that work for me. Nonetheless, they're the, the, very beautiful. As you can see. Oh, yeah, he's looking a bit sad. Yeah, he's not very happy. Well, let's get back onto the things that was just going to enjoy. Well, are we talking about rent? This is rent. <laughs> this is rent. <laughs> Everything is rent. Yeah, that is a good point. Um, the from the I was be- going to say yeah. that, but, uh, you know, I thought people would get that already. Oh, it's fine, mate. Okay, just, just, it. don't you don't need it. to beat them over the head with it. you know just, you know, there's lowest then there's just like... No, I understand. You need to to assume the audience. Can we talk about (laughs) Rent? Yes, let's talk about Rent. So, Rent, how did you get into this production of it? Was it... it, uh, Did James approach you? Did you approach James? Was it like uh, something that happened at the same time? Well, if you could cast your mind back... Um, casting it back 10 years okay. 10 years
1: oh. when you were the sprightly the age of what 2016? 20, uh, 27 now, so I've been 17. Ah, yeah, mm. oh, geez. well, geez, wow, I'm still an artist. Jesus, was cast. not. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I <laughs> did, uh, I not don't, I don't want to be mind too much, I did an amateur production mm-hmm. of um, of mm. Rent that was at Swinburne University in Peran at the David
0: Williamson Theatre. I have performed at that theatre. Did you? I have. It dries the throat. It sure does. It does. It, yes. it's, not, it's not a great sounding theatre. No. I think it's a lovely theatre. It's a lovely theatre, but for some reason every time I walked in there it just pfft, yeah. dry all of a sudden. It's pretty dead in there. Mm. Um, so I had done
1: this amateur production where I... Played Mark, oh, because of the glasses, well, yeah, I think yeah. It was the gla- no, 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 I remember specifically what happened in the um in the callbacks mm. was uh the director came up to me um the, at one of our first rehearsals, and she said, You, know, I was actually going to cast you as Roger, like, ah, oh. because I wanted to be Roger, of course, I know I'm not a Roger, but I wanted to be Roger, and she said, yeah, I was going to, but then in the callbacks when we asked everyone to do freestyle dance you were just so bad there's no way that it was endearing and I thought there's my mark there it is that's found it he's found it so one of my greatest regrets in life is that day at that callback (laughs) choosing to really go for it to really commit to that freestyle dance Uh, anyway in this production of Rent
0: there is no mark freestyle dancing don't worry guys there is
1: no, no no um there was a young, bright-eyed boy, mm. 16-year-old boy, by the name of James Terry, mm. who was playing <laughs> He was playing Mr. Grey, um, Benny's father-in-law, mm. of course. Of course. Um, did I mention that he was 16? Mm. Uh, and he was playing the priest. Of course. Um, and I believe he also played the man. Um, so all very authoritative roles. Um, for, for a 16-year-old? Yeah, very awkward. He was so young that during Contact, which is the uh, quotation marks uh, orgy scene, mm. um, he wasn't allowed to be in it, um, and he had to be backstage and not seeing any monitor. <laughs> what was happening? Oh my God, that's amazing. But James, I, I adored, and uh, we had this ongoing joke about... Um, James being called James Terry the Musical because um, we just thought we just wanted to see a show that was James Terry the Musical <laughs> um, and James and I stayed in contact a lot after that show it wasn't a very good show mm. uh, I'll say lovely people involved um, and people have gone on to do wonderful things but there just there wasn't a lot of thought behind it and i known James for, for years and years and he called me up earlier this year and he said, hey, I'm thinking of doing a show. Would you want to be involved? And I said, yeah, yeah, all right. And this had come a couple of years, um, well, over the past couple of years, I had said no to a few things. Um, and I thought the time was about right to say yes to a thing. Uh, and he, he told me the show and I said, yeah.
0: Oh yeah, I I
1: think so. And then he called me up the next next week and he said, um, the the rights uh you know got pulled. I said oh okay, all right cool, that that's not going to happen. Um and then I feel like it was maybe a month after that that he called me back up and he said, no it's back on. Do you want to do it? And look, I said yes. I mean, <laughs> I'd like to say that I I thought about it a lot. At that point, I said, yes. Then I hung out the phone and I thought, what am I going to do? <laughs> How can I do rent? I said yes to rent. <laughs> um, rent. Everyone loves rent. Everyone knows what rent needs to look and sound like. What am I going to do? And I'd also just seen, you know, two years earlier, um, Sean Ray's production at The Hayes, uh, which I loved. And I so I was suddenly nervous. And... Uh, It was probably in that, in that week, um, where I was just thinking selfishly, what am I going to do Hmm. with this show? Um, that I finally had a a little light bulb moment of, okay, it's not about me. This work, (laughs) (laughs) really, this work is bigger than me. I I can stop saying, what am I going to do with the show? Um, and I can look at the script and go, what is it? The show, Hmm. um, and started flicking through and um, and looking at the script, and I was listening to to recordings of it at that point, point. Uh, and I got to. I got to the song "Out Tonight" in the script, um, which Mimi sings, and you tell me what you usually, what what's in your head for the setting of "Out
0: Tonight"? Up on the catwalk, her in something skimpy, singing about how she's going out in the town, right. Um,
1: do you know where the location is? Can you picture where that is?
0: Um... Some dirty, seedy area of New York.
1: Yeah. So in the script, it simply says... Out tonight. Mimi's apartment. And it just... It, it was that moment that I went... Oh. Oh. I've got nothing to worry about. Like, we've... It's here. Mm. You know, we, we just need to explore this. Um... And it's been so much more interesting just finding um, finding the more... Oh, just finding some personal stories in there. I mean, Rent is, is such a special uh, mm. beast of a, of a show. Uh, and Jonathan Larson's spirit is everywhere and, and has been throughout the whole rehearsal process. And there is an enormous responsibility for a number of reasons in doing this show. One of them, Jonathan Larson and his legacy... Mm. One of them to the fans of the show, of which there are many. And thank you for all booking tickets. We think you're great. Um, and one of them is to um, the community in New York, um, well, the community as a whole, mm. um, at that time, that we're living with this awful, awful disease. Mm. And for us not to... Not to present a representation of that,
0: nor trivialise it in any way. Yeah, not at all. It would have uh, been an absolutely horrifying well experience, and it's easy to do. Mm. But it's also easy for our generation who haven't really had to worry about it to not understand it. Yeah,
1: and that was again one of my hesitations because I was alive during that time, but I I was, you know, I was a baby. Mm. Uh, I I, I was a toddler. Uh, and we've not lived through anything like that. Um we we've not, not seen that. We've not seen the the level we get angry as well, I was gonna say young people, but as uh No, you're still you still as, count. As a young, as a, yes, um and a young person sitting mm-hmm. opposite me. Well I've got more greys than you so you're fine. No, I've got this little patch here. Oh no, there it is. Um we get angry about about things and and we have a lot to be angry about. But they were literally dying well
0: they and had things to really be scared to. about
1: boy did they
0: yeah like we have things to be angry about we don't have things to be scared about very big difference absolutely it, it, it's just,
1: it boggles the mind mm. um, and so that challenge to, to respect and to treat this show as a snapshot of 1989 1990 in New York's East Village um, was a great challenge to have Uh and We've um, the cast and the crew, um, the creative team, done um, as much research as possible, um, and watched a a bunch of documentaries um, and readings. And we've got um, like a Google Drive that has all of our uh, research material that we shared with everyone before rehearsal started. Um, Just to start seeing the the characters Mm. uh, that would be coming to life, and then. I'm so glad that this happened when um Kim Bishop came on as uh, as costume designer with a beautiful vision to begin with. Um but Kim was in New York uh, around that time as well mm-hmm. uh, and you know he he lived it. He 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 knew what that was and um he was certainly the last piece of the puzzle for uh, for our team to go well, right we've got mm-hmm. at least we've got someone <laughs> uh, someone who was there that was important
0: rent rent mm. rent oh rent, we rent. we we were just nodding then sorry <laughs> kind of just lost in, in thought but yes so um well, rent is on for 2 weeks at the moment um in chapel of chapel is starting on the uh, you said the uh, uh, 29th 29th uh, it's a preview
1: there are only there are only two
0: shows that have tickets left. Uh, yeah, so get on that very quickly. I believe they're both the matinees. Mm-hmm. Everyone loves a matinee. Everyone loves a matinee. But um, we are going
1: to defy all the matinees that have gone before, and this is going to be the monster of all matinees.
0: So monstrous, monstrous uh, matinees, double M's. Oh yeah, we're but gonna, like not copyright with the actual lemonade in the instead of chocolate. There's nothing to do with chocolate. Absolutely nothing to do with chocolate. Wonderful, huge reviews. Hughes interviews Hughes interviews um, Mark on that note thank you so much for, for giving some of your very busy time uh, up to me uh, I much appreciated it I uh, can't wait to see the show um, trickers for the season and have an amazing time thank you very much uh, we're going to shake hands we're shaking hands right now how good is that for oh, the podcast so oh, the just, it's just so interesting I can, I can just hear them on the edge of their seats or let's driving. have a staring contest mm-hmm. Okay, I lost. Um, Guys, thanks so much for listening to this one. Um, If you could subscribe, leave a comment, give me a like, any of that helps me reach a wider audience um, and, uh, you know, share the stories of current Australian creatives, which is, everyone's doing awesome stuff. So good to see. I hope you guys have an amazing time of whatever the time of the day you're listening to this, uh, and I'll catch you next time. So long.